So I don't think a lot of us know our rights in the workplace. I think a lot of times that's due to misinformation, uh, maybe some information that is alluded to, but not really stated. A lot of times we don't even really want to rock the boat by either asking the question or complaining or anything like that. But with our next guest, Michelle Nabati, she is a employment lawyer here in LA. Uh, she tackles all the myths that you should be aware of when it comes to your rights in the workplace. In this episode, we discuss everything from, you know, wrongful termination, what you need to keep track of, how to prove your case. Uh, we talk about sexual harassment and everything like that. We kind of do our best to cover all the bases. Now, I know she is a lawyer in California and employment law is different when it comes to states. However, she does a really great job at just generally saying how you should go about things in order to receive the justice that you're looking for. Go ahead and take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the So She Slays podcast. I'm Heather and today I am here with our guest, Michelle. Now she is a principal and founder of Nabati Law here in uh, Los Angeles and I'm really excited to talk to you. Uh, but before we totally dive into this conversation because I'm like chomping up the bit here. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be on your podcast. My name is Michelle Nabati. I am an attorney in Los Angeles. I started my own law firm, Nabati Law, and I represent plaintiffs. Um, against their employers all across Los Angeles and all across California. Okay. Discrimination. Exactly. Okay. So that is why I wanted to talk to you more. Okay. So you do represent um, a lot of workplace issues, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to bring you on because I think, well, across the board, a lot of people don't know their rights when it comes to the workplace environment and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, where they can ask questions and not ask questions. Basically, their rights. They just don't know their rights. And I think sometimes that is done on purpose or it's one of those like, you know, we know, but we don't talk about it kind of situations. Um, so I wanted to bring you on to help deem bunk and demystify all of these, you know, top workplace uh, myths that come into play so that like we know our rights when we're hired on somewhere. Um, so I don't know, like, what are what are the top ones that you get the most of that you're like, okay, wait, we need it. Hello, people. The, the, this is your this is your right. Okay. You're absolutely right that People don't know their rights. The labor code and the employment laws are, there's so many laws, so many codes. And the good thing about California is that California law is here to protect employees against their employers. And the number one myth I would say is people think that human resources, HR, is there for them to protect employees against employers. So whenever somebody has a workplace issue, they 
run to HR and they want to tell HR everything, but HR is not here to protect employees. HR is 100% there to protect employers. So if you ever have a complaint that you want to file against your employer, you should always make that complaint in writing to human resources and make sure that you keep a copy of whatever complaint you made. Because one of the biggest HR tricks is whenever you make a complaint, they always want everything to be verbal because they don't want to have a paper trail. And they, if they don't have a paper trail of the complaints and conversations, they can manipulate the story, your story, and pretty much use it against you. So one of the biggest myths is HR is there for employees, but it is not. It's there for employers. <laughs> so always make sure you protect yourself. That's some you shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it really is shitty because, you know, when something happens, people are, employees are already really terrified to go and make a complaint and then you go and make a complaint and then HR doesn't even want to protect you. They just want to get as much information out of you to see, okay, what's our liability? How can we get out of this one? So don't fall for that HR trick or myth. Rude. So rude. Um, um, I, I mean, I didn't even I didn't even think about it that way though, because it's like, you know, HR, I do think is here to help the employee, but when you break it down, I mean, it's not in their best interest to like yeah. do that. It's absolutely not in their best interest. I mean, at the end of the day, if you really want to be real, the employer is paying HR's paycheck. So they're well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. It's all about the money, honey. <laughs> what are some other ones? I mean, I know that that's HR. HR is definitely, I mean, that's, that's a bomb drop right there. Do you have some others for us? Yes. So another big employment employee myth is that your employer cannot terminate you for, they have to have a reason to fire you. So I get a lot of calls in my office and they're like, you know, I got terminated. It's so unfair, but that is a myth. Your employer does not have to have a reason to fire you in California. California is an at-will employment state, which means that your employer can terminate you for any reason under the sun, as long as it is not an unlawful reason. So you can have a shitty boss, your boss can be mean to you, unfortunately, and terminate you. But unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily mean that your boss unlawfully fired you. So that's another really big myth that your employer has to have a reason for firing you. Um, but California is an at-will state. So if you think that your employer terminated you for an unlawful reason, you better make sure that you file a complaint with your employer and keep record of that because otherwise you're pretty much shit out of luck afterwards because they're going to be like, oh, you never told us that you thought we were 
discriminating against you or harassing you and then terminating you. So, so if somebody, yourself. if that does happen, right. And say like, maybe it is discrimination or something of that sort. What are, what's the type of process that somebody would have to go through in order for it to be, you know, I guess held up in court or, or held up for a case? That's a very, very good question. So if you believe that you are being discriminated against or harassed in the workplace, you have to protect yourself and make a complaint to your employer in writing. And I know that that is really intimidating and really scary, but if you do not put your employer on notice of the discrimination or harassment that you believe you're experiencing, your employer is A, not gonna be on notice. And if they're not on notice, B, they can't do anything to stop the discrimination you're experiencing from continuing and going forward. So you're not really giving them an opportunity to investigate the harassment and make your workplace better. So if you believe that you are being discriminated against because of your age, your gender, your sex, your being pregnant, um, your nationality, you absolutely should always protect yourself and make a complaint in writing and send it to human resources. If you don't have human resources, your manager, your boss, and let put them on notice of what's happening. If you don't put them on notice and you never complain, and then later on they terminate you, you're not going to have any paper trail or any evidence of, you know, a jury is going to come back and say, why didn't you complain? You know, why didn't you ever say anything to anybody? So that is kind of what is really, really necessary. Even though, I mean, every time somebody calls my office, of course, I believe what happened to them happened to them because I know that there are really horrible employers out there. But if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. Wow. Okay. So yeah, definitely mental note. Keep that paper trail. Uh, <laughs> you're going to need it. Um, say something, write, put it in writing though. Make sure you put it in writing. What are some other ones that come to, that come to your office? So I, along the same vein, a continuation of that is um, a lot of employees believe that any type of bullying or any type of harassment is actionable in court. Um, I wish that was true. I wish that if somebody hurt my feelings at the workplace, I could go file a lawsuit against them. But unfortunately, um, not every single case of bullying or harassment is actionable. Um, California law pretty much outlines protected categories that cannot be discriminated against or harassed in the workplace. So if you are being discriminated against on the basis of your gender, being pregnant, your disability, your nationality, those are certain protected categories that the law 
protects employees from being discriminated against or harassed in the workplace. So, you know, if your employee, if your coworker or employer just simply doesn't like you and just, you know, gives you a hard time, that is not really actionable. The court of law is not really here to um, help just everyday disputes. Unfortunately, I wish it was because honestly, I've, I, there are some former um, co-workers that I wish the court would give me justice for, but. <laughs> if only, right? If only. <laughs> now, right. Um, what about pregnancy and that, and that whole aspect of things, even, even um, like uh, after you give birth to. All, all yes. of those things that fall into play. So one very, very common misconception or myth is um, that pregnancy leave is only for women. But in California, both men and women can get leave to, you know, bond with their child, um, give birth, obviously. Um, so it's really important for fathers to know that they can go on pregnancy leave to, you know, help take care of their significant other, their spouse um, after childbirth or, you know, during childbirth. Um, and so that's really important because a lot of uh, men actually don't know that they have that right. And I really think that it's important for both parents to be able to enjoy um, the new joy of bringing a baby into the world. It's a very special time. So um, you must ask your employer um, to give you information about how to request that leave. And your employer cannot discriminate against you for requesting the leave and taking the leave. Um, and what's also very, very important for women who are pregnant is that if you are pregnant and you are still able to, uh, work, I know so many strong, strong women who work all the way until they have late, they're in labor and giving birth. And I really salute those women. <laughs> Um, so sounds intense. <laughs> if you're, it sounds super intense. I've not had children yet or been pregnant. Um, but hopefully one day and what's important for those women to know is that if you are able to work while you're pregnant, but you require an, an accommodation to work throughout those months that you are pregnant, like, for example, if your doctor tells you that you're, um, that you can't pick up boxes that are heavier than 30 pounds, or, you know, if you, if you have a high risk pregnancy and you, you know, because of the high risk pregnancy, you can't do certain things like, uh, bending or, you know, you have to sit, you must give your employer a note from your doctor that outlines those restrictions 
And once you give your employer and put them on notice of your restrictions, your employer is required to engage in a good faith interactive process with you to determine whether or not they're able to accommodate you. And if they're able to accommodate you, then they must accommodate you and they cannot simply terminate you because you've requested a certain type of an accommodation. The only time your employer is not required to accommodate you is if it would be an undue burden to them because they just feasibly cannot accommodate you or if they don't have any comparable positions that they might be able to put you in um, for the time being. But your employer cannot just simply refuse to do a good faith interactive process with you and just simply say, you're pregnant. I don't want to accommodate you. Like you have to go on leave until, you know, you give birth or something like that. So if you're pregnant and you can still work with an accommodation, you put your employer on notice of the accommodation you require because they have a duty to engage in that good faith interactive process with you. So I guess my next question is, I mean, I know that most of these laws are just for California, right? Um, what should be considered when we're talking about the rest of the states? I mean, when we, whether it's like we're coming in to, for a job interview or something like this happens to us, is there general rules of thumb that maybe we can be aware of as employees? Yes. So like I said earlier, always when you make a complaint, you should always make the complaint in writing. Um, I know, you know, another really, really big topic that's actually very, very important to me and is actually why I became an employment attorney is sexual harassment in the workplace. And sexual harassment, unfortunately, is is something that runs rampant whatever state you're in and it is illegal in all states. Um, and a general rule of thumb with sexual harassment is, you know, obviously it is 100% unlawful. It is reprehensible for anybody to be sexually harassed in the workplace, but it's very, very important that if you were harassed at work by any of your coworkers, your supervisor, you really, really, really should speak to somebody about it as difficult and as horrible as, you know, as it is, you, you simply should not just quit without having put anybody on notice of the sexual harassment that you have been experiencing and subjected to um, because it makes it so much more difficult to seek justice for all of these righteous victims who have been sexually harassed or assaulted at work. If your employer is not on notice of the sexual harassment that you were experiencing or there were no witnesses, your employer can just 
unfortunately come and say, you made this up. So it's very, very important that people who um, are victims or have experienced sexual harassment at, in, at the workplace, it's very important for you guys to know that there are so many people who want to help you, who want to listen to what happened to you and understand and can get you the right help. You just have to talk to somebody about it and you have to really, really outline exactly what happened and protect yourself because if you don't complain to anybody about it, unfortunately, I want it, you know, I really believe in our justice system, but unfortunately without any type of, you know, I don't want to say evidence, but without any type of information to corroborate what happened to you, it becomes so much more difficult to really help all of these righteous victims who've been victim to these horrible, horrible crimes, literally in the workplace. Um, so that kind of leads me to the question, like you said, talk to somebody, tell somebody, put it in writing. Who are some people that we can talk to if that happens? That's a really good question. So there are so many different people that you can speak with. Um, obviously first and foremost, the most uncomfortable person to speak with is your employer, human resources, um, to file a claim or file a complaint and be incredibly specific about what happened, um, state the date, the time, the conduct that occurred, who touched you, who approached you. Um, so that's obviously, you know, one person to speak to. Separate from that, you can also and should also seek help from any mental health professional who you can speak to about it. And, you know, a lot of these sexual, sexually harassed um, victims, this is so traumatizing and this is so real. And what happened is not their fault at all. And it's very, very important to speak with a mental health professional to understand and really process all of the trauma or all whatever happened. Um, so I always encourage anybody who comes to my office to seek, you know, a therapist to seek any other sort of um, mental health guidance. Um, another really, really important uh, avenue is also there's so many hotlines, free resources, people who really, really, really want to help and really, really want to listen um, without any judgment. And, you know, it's confidential. There's so many confidential hotlines all over the U.S. that you that victims can call and report. Um, and also your coworkers, your um, your friends, your family, everybody, you would be surprised how many people are willing to be there and listen and want to be there for victims. So those are pretty much the people that I recommend or, you know, say that you should talk to. And also, if you don't want to talk to anyone, at least journal about it. It's so therapeutic and 
it's so important to just get everything out, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know sexual harassment is unfortunately something that we all, um, maybe at one time or another deal with to differing degrees. Uh, so that's super important for anybody listening to know how to handle those situations. Are there other situations that you come across a lot or that maybe just in general as employees, we need to be aware of um, as far as rights go? Yes. So a lot of times um, people also call my office to tell me, you know, I've been, I've been fired, um, but I wasn't paid severance. In California, you are not entitled to severance pay just by virtue of being terminated. However, what you are entitled to is all of your earned and unpaid wages. So if you were terminated, your employer must pay you the same day that your employer terminated you. And if you quit, your employer has 72 hours to pay you all of your earned and unpaid wages. And if your employer does not pay you on time um, or refuses to pay you, then your employer might be um, required to pay you waiting time penalties for every day your employer fails to pay you up to 30 days. So um, definitely make sure that you are getting paid, even though you're not entitled to severance pay, make sure you get your final paycheck and you get your final paycheck on time. That's amazing. I did not even know that. Um, but yes, everybody who's out there making their money, make sure you get all that stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, so where, like, where can people get in touch with you if they have some law questions um, about, I mean, I know you only do California, but I know, I mean, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to ask you, is law, you know, is employer employment law different? Like when it comes to different states, is it like drastically different? Yes. Um, so California, in my opinion, is the most employer employee friendly state, um, which I think is really, really amazing. Not because I am an employment attorney who represents employees, but I think that employees work really, really hard. And uh, California law really wants to protect the rights of, you know, the workforce, you know, um, minimum wage is different. Labor standards are different in every state. Um, if you're in California and you have any employment law question, if you believe that you were wrongfully terminated, discriminated against, harassed, I am always here anytime, anywhere. You can call my office. Um, the number is 323-306-5747. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. Um, it's just Nabadi Law. Um, and we're pretty much here for you to answer any questions completely free and confidential. And we're just happy to help. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Michelle, for answering all of those questions. I haven't done an interview like that before. And I know that from a lot of my friends, I think a lot of us just kind of get lost about what exactly we can actually expect, what exactly un is our right under our uh, under the California law. So thank you so much for joining us and for 
filling uh, us up with lots of knowledge because we all have rights that we don't know about. So educate yourselves. And until next time, Slay Nation, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.